the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know what you come to do today, and I don't know what you come to do. I see all of our people. They are clicked on. They are watching with us this morning. To God, we give the glory for each and every one of you. Good morning. Good morning to all of you who are watching us. If you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on Vimeo, YouTube, or you are engaging with our live chat room on our church website, I want to say welcome to St. Paul Online. Amen. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage with you this morning. So what I want, if you're watching on Facebook, I want you to share this service on your personal timeline. You can also tag those whom you want to invite within the post. If you are on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and then text the link to this worship service to your personal network. And if you are in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button on your chat window to share this experience with others. Brothers and sisters, it's Sunday morning and we are glad to be here. Oh, come on. We're glad to be here. And the interesting thing about today, today is a special day because today is Youth Sunday. Oh, yeah. Come on. I want you to stand all over this building. Come on. Come on. Today is Youth Sunday. Today is Youth Sunday. Oh, yes. Come on. You can do a whole lot better than that. We ought to thank God for our youth, especially our youth who are going to be serving with us today. They're going to lead us in worship. So I want us to be encouraging. Okay? We want to encourage our young people because they could be doing something else. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on here. I want us to really, really understand just how important today is. And I want us to encourage our young people. And so Master Tim McCray is going to come and lead us. He's going to do the cause of worship after he leads us with the cause of worship. Then Miss Courtney Davis is going to read our scripture. And then Quentin Lee will come with our invocation. I want you to put your hands together for them. I'll come back and I'll give some announcements and, um, and then we will go to our intercessory prayer. And I'm so excited because Miss Caitlin Smith is going to lead us in our intercessory prayer. Put your hands together for them as they come at this time. Good morning. Welcome to you Sunday. In Luke chapter 18, verse 16, the Lord said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. God woke us up this morning. He kept us safe last night. He gave us traveling mercies on the way to church. Don't you know that God is worthy of our praise? Amen. Let's give God praise and join the choir for our opening hymn. Sing the silent glorious sea. 
Psalm chapter 18, verses 1 through 3, from the New Revised Standard Version. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. Thank you. Good morning. If you are able to, may you please bow your heads and close your eyes. God, thank you for letting us come into the house of the Lord today. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and touch everybody's heart. I pray that everybody leaves their cares at the door. Allow the sermons and songs to inspire joy in each and every one of you. And by the time we leave, I hope you all know that God will always be with you. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Thank you. 
in here got their mind made up. Oh, come on, don't fool me now. Anybody in this building got their mind made up? Come on, y'all not really, really acting like you have your mind made up. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul can't help but cry out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Any saved people in the building? Come on, any saved people in the building? I know that you are. I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. And it says to me, we're here because of the Lord's mercy and his grace. To God, we give the glory. Come on, let's give God some praise one more time. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, one more time. We're giving God the praise. We're giving God the praise because God has been better to us than we have been to ourselves. I don't know about you, but when I think of God's goodness, I can't help but praise his name. Amen, amen. Good morning, St. Paul, and good morning to all of you who are watching us through our live stream. And, um, and I want all of you to know that it is an honor and a privilege to be here this morning and to serve here at the St. Paul Church. I have a few um, reminders for us, but before I do this, would you put your hands together for our young people one more time? Come on, come on, come on, come on. I said put your hands together for the young people. They are doing such a marvelous job this morning. I'm so excited to be here serving right alongside of them, and, um, and I want you to know that it is our job to make sure that we encourage our young people. Amen. That's our job. And it's to encourage them to continue the works that they are doing. It's something here this morning because these young people, they um, this summer has done something. They have grown up like weeds. <laughs> and I'm still the same height. <laughs> but they are so respectful and um, they still say yes, ma'am. So I'm excited about that. So I want to let you all know that we have received. $12,681 as of July 24th for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Come on, you ought to put your hands together better than that. I said we have received $12,681, and that is because of your sacrificial giving. And so we give God the praise because of all of you, those of you who are were willing to give. We are thankful for you today. I want to remind us that on Saturday, August the 6th at 9 o'clock a.m., the church conference will be held. Registration is now open for our annual church conference. It will take place on Saturday, August 6th at 9 o'clock a.m., and you can go out now and register for the church conference. You do need to register for the conference, so please go out to our website and register to attend the church conference. You don't want anybody to tell you what was said. You want to also be there to hear for yourself because sometimes um, we hear things um, differently, so we want to make sure that we are connected to our church conference on Saturday, August 6th. I want to remind us that um, we have a quick 15 on Wednesdays. On Wednesday evenings, we host a prayer call, a quick 15 with Pastor Scott at 8.15 p.m. We would like to invite you to come and be a part of live interactive moment of fellowship, devotion, and prayer. Call in from 8 o'clock p.m. to 8.15 p.m. for a moment of check-in and fellowship. And then at 8.15 p.m., Pastor will join you with a devotional sharing and close us out for a moment of intercessory prayer. The phone number is 
585-7753. We send out a recording of the call at 8.45 p.m., and then it is available through our podcast channel under the name St. Paul Baptist Church. This is something great that is getting ready to happen. St. Paul's disciples and community, our children, our youth, and young at heart, we're asking you to mark your calendars for Saturday, August 27th from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock p.m. for St. Paul's Summer Jam. Oh, oh, come on. Now listen, listen, this is not just for the young people, it's for the young at heart as well. So you all put your hands together. Oh, come on. This will be the baddest. I said the baddest block party east of the Mississippi. We, oh, yeah, I said it. I said it's going to be the baddest. The baddest block party east of the Mississippi. We will have food. We will have games. We will have activities. And there's, there's going to be a whole lot of fun. We will be distributing school supplies to those that need them at this event. Children, invite your friends and neighbors August 27th. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., it will be held in the lower parking lot across from the old sanctuary. We're going to have a jam. Now listen, registration is required and COVID protocols will be observed. Disciples, make plans to bring your donations to the Ray of Hope on Saturday, August 20th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Now listen, I'm gonna ask this question. Does this sound like it's gonna be a whole lot of fun? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I want you to be encouraged because we need volunteers. We need them. And if you are willing to volunteer, I want you to see Minister Josh Jordan or Reverend James Burney or call the church office 704-334-5309, extension 113. To God, we give the glory. That is going to be a wonderful, wonderful jam here at St. Paul. So, Please mark your calendars for this. Join us live for our Thursday noon and night teaching at 12 o'clock and 7 o'clock p.m. Um, that is held every Thursday. Um, donations for the GBSC campaign for our pastor. Um, we want you to be encouraged to send money through Zelle using the email address donations at rcscott2022.org through PayPal. Um, or mail your donations to P.O. Box 691-415, Mint Hill, North Carolina, 28227. Please make your checks payable to the committee to elect Robert C. Scott. Our pastor has offered himself up as the president of the General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, and we want to assist him. Come on and put your hands together for that. Come on, I want you to really, really put your hands together because he needs our prayers and he needs our support. Also, after the campaign, any remaining funds that is collected, it will go to the GBSC for state missions. So please do not include funds to support Pastor's campaign in any of your envelopes. I don't want you to um, send it through Giblify or through ACS. You must go to donations at rcscott2022.org through PayPal. To God, we give the glory. Amen. And listen, we are still asking um, you, if you are sick, 
stay at home. I know if you watch the news, you know that there's a, a variant out that um, is really, really a variant that is deadly. So I want all of us to make sure that um, if you're sick, you're coughing, sniffling, whatever, please stay at home because we want to make sure that we are keeping all of our disciples safe. Amen. Amen. To God, we give the glory for that. So, brothers and sisters, um, we have some prayer um, concerns um, that we need to make note of. We want to um, keep in our prayers as we prepare uh, for prayer. We want to keep the family of Brother Joe Craig in our prayers. He is the nephew of Deacon Karen Archibald and nephew-in-law of disciple Jerry Archibald. His services will be held Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022 at Horton Funeral Home in Washington, D.C. The visitation will be held at 2 o'clock p.m. and the service will be held at 3 o'clock p.m. I received this phone call yesterday um, about the family of Brother Latuan Vernell Stevenson. He is the son of disciple Leela Stevenson his services will be held on Saturday, August 20th, 2022, and that service will be held at the Alexander Funeral Home. The quiet hour will be held at 11 o'clock a.m., and the service will be held at 12 o'clock noon. But I also received this message um, on Friday. The mother of our dear disciple, Elson Baldwin, Sister Elka Mae Baldwin, she transitioned. Um, and um, her services right now are pending. I don't have all of the, all of the information. Um, they are throwing it around that the services may be Thursday, but I want to make sure that I give you complete and accurate information so you'll be able to see that information. It will be on our website. But please, my brothers and my sisters, please keep Brother Elson Baldwin in your prayers. And listen, Mama was 94 years old. I don't care how old she was, how young she was, it's still your mama. Okay, that's your mama. And so Elsa needs our prayers, brothers and sisters, and um, I'm just asking on his behalf if we could please, please lift him up every time you think about him. Just think about him on their organ. And the service he gives here as our facilities manager, he really does a great job. And, um, and listen, running back and forth between Charlotte and Goldsboro, North Carolina, to care for his mom. He really, really needs our prayers. Amen. Amen. So I know that you will do that. But also um, keeping your prayers, the family, Sister Jennifer Thompson, she's the daughter of Disciple Carol Thompson. Her services um, are pending. The family of Sister Sarah Copeland, Sister of Disciple Dolores Thompson and Disciple Wendell Staten. Um, please keep that family in your prayers. Amen. We are going to pause for just a few moments. And one of our young people, she's going to come now and pray and lead us to the throne of grace. And, um, and when she prays, I want you to pray as well. Come on, dear. Yes. I want you to pray right along with her and um, just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a few moments. Dear Heavenly Father, Almighty God and maker of this marvelous world, we know you are perfect and do not, do not fail. We come before you to confess all of our sins and wrongdoings and ask that you forgive us of our transgressions, for we know we will forever be a work in progress. 
We thank you for all you have done for us every day, helping us get here safely, putting clothes on our back, food on our plates, and for our minds that work for you. We pray that for those who are unwell and cannot make it are cured of their sickness, so they may return to church to uplift you in your glory. Yes. And for those who cannot return to this church, I ask that you allow them to participate in this service by one of the digital platforms. Yes. I pray for everyone who is dealing with loss and suffering from the flooding yes. in Appalachia, Kentucky, yes. and you fill their spirits with what you know they need. Yes. I ask you to cover this entire world with grace and mercy, yes. and please bless this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God some praise for that wonderful, wonderful prayer. Thank you so much. And, um, and you know what? As I was talking, I looked at my phone, and um, Elson has sent me the details for his mom's homegoing celebration. Mrs. Ethel Baldwin, her service will be held at the Miller's Chapel AME Zion Church, 256 Miller's Chapel Road in Goldsboro, North Carolina. It will be held this Thursday, August 4th. Visitation will be at 1 o'clock p.m., and the funeral will begin at 2 o'clock p.m. J.B. Rose Funeral Home um, will be assisting the family at this time. But I'm just asking all of us to keep this family in your prayers. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for Brother Elson. Elson, I know if you are watching... I um, just want to encourage you, my brother, and let you know that your family here, we got you. We got you. We got you, and um, we want you to know that um, we are here for you. And um, to God, we give the glory for the life, a life of a great woman. Amen. To God, we give the glory. Come on. Come on, everybody. Let's give God some praise for that. You will hear more about that. We will send out information um, through ChurchCast, so you will get clear information. But we do know the funeral will be held on Thursday in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Amen. But brothers and sisters, I believe it's offering time. Oh, yes, it is. It's offering time. Come on. You can do better than that. Let's give God some praise. It is offering time. This is the time within our worship experience where we give back to God that which he has blessed us with. Does anybody know that they are blessed today? I mean, you really, really know it. You know, you know, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has blessed you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because you are sure about the fact that if, you, if God don't do another thing for you, he's already done enough. Amen. Come on, you can come on, you can do better than that. God listen, God don't have to do another thing for me. He's already done enough. He has already done enough. And so my brothers and my sisters, I'm just excited because this is giving time and I want you to get your offering envelopes ready. I want to let you know that there are baskets on the seats in front of you. If you have a physical offering, you can put that offering in that basket. You can give um, through Givelify. You can give through um, our website. You can give that way. And um, if you have your offering, I want you to lift it up to God and I want you to lift up your phones and um, let's pray to God. Father, we love you and we thank you Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, oh God, for this giving moment. 
We thank you for every hand that is lifted in this place. And God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless the giver today. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And God, we pray in the name of Jesus that as you get the glory, that you will continue to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that your people will not have room enough to receive. God, we love you so much. And we say thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may give it this time. Now listen, as you are giving this morning, I want to take the time to introduce to some and present to others our preacher for the day, our Youth Sunday preacher. And I want you to put your hands together for him, Minister Eric Edwards. Come on, come on, come on. You can do better than that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I watched this young man grow up in this church. And uh, many of you have, but I just want to say, Minister Eric Edwards Jr. is a native of Charlotte, North Carolina. While attending the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, he heard the voice of the Lord calling him into ministry. And on May 17, 2018, Minister Eric answered that call to ministry and preached his initial sermon here at the St. Paul Baptist Church. Many of us were there. We heard him in 2018. In May 2020, Eric Jr. graduated from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, majoring in political science. He is currently pursuing his Master of Divinity at Duke Divinity School. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. That's right. That's awesome, isn't it? Eric Jr. currently serves as an associate minister here at St. Paul Baptist Church, where, of course, the Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott is the senior pastor. Put your hands together for that. Ever since accepting the call to ministry, Eric Jr. loves to preach and to study the art and craft of preaching. He often describes his call to preach as the greatest blessing besides Jesus that God has ever given him. Listen, we are going to not sit in the seats of judgment today. We are going to hear the word. We're going to be encouraging. We're going to be supportive because we know that God is in the building and it's going to be here to help Minister Eric Edwards Jr. preach today. After the singing of our next selection, the next voice you will hear will be that of Minister Eric Edwards Jr. Come on and put your hands together for that.
Jesus is our all in all, is he not? It is a sweet spirit in this place. To God, our Father, the maker, the ruler of heaven and earth. One who is the reason why I do what I do. I wouldn't dare do this had God not called me to this. But the one who's the head of my life, I've got to thank him for all that he's done. To our pastor on this morning, our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott, let's go ahead and give God praise for the angel of this house, the one who God has commissioned to lead us in such a time as this. To my mother, my father, my aunt who's over there, thank you all for being in attendance. To you, the congregants of St. Paul Baptist Church, to these wonderful young adults who's led us to our music ministry. It is surely good to be back. Eight long weeks I've been gone, but I'm so glad to be back. Listen, I'm so excited to preach. I don't want to hold you any longer. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. God, we come before you on this morning just to say thank you. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for your presence in this place. God, thank you for just your loving kindness. You didn't have to do it, but God, you did. Thank you for all that you're doing. God, in this moment right there, right now, God, you sit me down and you stand up. Hide me behind the cross, for I'm just a mere mortal, for I'm not worth seeing. But God, your people have come to encounter you. So God, you step forward and show yourself mighty. In Jesus' name that I pray, amen. For these next couple moments, I would like to call your attention to the book of Isaiah, the prophetic book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. Isaiah chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and it reads, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, I will be with you. The rivers shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. I give Ethiopia, or Cush, and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you nations in exchange for you. I want you to reflect on that verse because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. For the next couple moments, I want to talk about a present God. A present God. I think one of the most fascinating things to learn about in life is how other life forms operate. One of the things that I love to do is watch the National Geographic documentaries about wild animals. Specifically, I like to learn about how wild predators such as lions, tigers, and bears uh, will go 
hunting and how they function. Notice that as you watch those documentaries, it will show that the mother bear or the lioness will go hunting for a certain time of day so that she can feed her young. For a certain period of time, the mother bear or the lioness is away from her young ones. She may hide them in a certain place to find a safe den or something to put them in that can protect them from danger. But notice that in most of those situations, most of those shows the babies still encounter some form of danger. When they do, they start to roar. They make a certain noise. And this noise is not to scare away that predator. Rather, this noise is to get their mother's attention. And suddenly the mother comes running to the defenses of her young. And the reason why she comes running to them is because those are her cubs. She carried them in her womb. She undoubtedly loves them because they belong to her. Those cubs are off limits because they are marked with the mother's love. And because of the love that the lioness or the female bear possesses for her young, she will always run to their defense. It is simply a part of their nature to show up for their children. And I submit that this is imperative because such actions and feelings like this of that lioness or mother bear reflects the one that we call Lord and Savior. There have been times where we have been in trouble and the Lord has showed up for our defense. We have cried. We have moaned. We have groaned and made all types of noises. But the one thing that we know is that in those times, we have seen God to be, as Psalm 46 says, a very present help in the time of trouble. And similarly, I would like to submit on this morning that our text describes something similar like this. God's beloved children, by the name of Israel, are away in exile. Many members of the community are scattered throughout the land. They are under Babylonian authority and are unable to escape. In chapter 39, a king of Babylon sent letters and a present to King Hezekiah. Hezekiah welcomed some of those king's people into his house and showed up, showed them all the silver. All the gold, all the spices, all of his oil, and all of what's in the armory. And when the prophet Isaiah asked Hezekiah what the men saw, Hezekiah said they seen everything. And afterwards, Isaiah prophesied that in the near future, everything that Hezekiah's house had, it will be snatched away. Babylon will be the one who will take it. And along with those precious items, some of Hezekiah's own sons will be also taken away. And here we are in this text that takes place in the 6th century before, before common era. And this prophecy by Isaiah has now come into fruition. The people who turns out to be more than just Hezekiah's sons are in a place of unfamiliarity. They are in a strange land. Many of Israel's members are in a place that does not belong to them. They are having to labor and experience the pain at the hands of the Babylonians. They are being overworked. They are being ridiculed and they, do, and they do not see a change in their situation. But the good news is, is that in their tribulations, God is still present. Something is about to change for the reality because God is simply hearing the cries of his people. Immediately at the first verse, we see that God is saying some imperative things to his people. 
God, the ultimate and supreme sovereign deity, is calling his people by name. And not only does he call them by name, but he also tells them that he has formed them. And God has not only formed them, but watch this, he has also redeemed them. And as the text continues to move, God being the gracious God that he is, reassures his presence to Israel. God will not disappear because he will undoubtedly be with them. And because God is with them, God declares himself to be Israel's God and that he will trade nations for them. In other words, God will bring them back from exile. And because Israel is precious, my friends, as the text says in verse 4, that Israel is precious because Israel is precious. God loves them. They're honored in his sight. They're precious. He loves them. Beloved, I declare that this text is significant. It is important for not only us as humans, but for all creation because it shows a God who is seemingly active, although he has every reason to keep us in exile. And I don't know about you, but I thank God that every day, because I recognize that like Israel, I have been disobedient. I made God angry. Am I alone in this house? And God could have remained inactive. But I'm so glad that my disobedience does not stop God from working. There are many kids here who can be happy about God's actions in their lives because God was the one who kept them safe when they remained silent about what they were going through. God was the one who was with our children as they was going through some things that not even your own parents may understand. And I know there's some adults in here who can testify of a God who has worked powerfully in your lives as well. Like the psalmist, you can testify, I love the Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. They just sung about it. The Lord is my fortress and my deliverer. God has been everything that you have needed. Is there anybody here who is glad that when you called on the Lord, he heard your cry? And like the parent that he is, he came running down to help you in your time of need. So as we make our way through these four verses, I want to raise the question, what can we see about God that is so important for the lives of his children? The first thing that I would like to submit is that God chooses us because he wants us. God makes the gracious decision of choosing us because God sees something in us that he wants. Notice what's going on in the first verse. God, who is speaking through an unknown prophet of this text, tells Israel, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In the text, the prophet has painted the image of God as the potter. Like the potter who sits at the potter's will and uses their hands to mold and to create something beautiful that comes from something messy. God is the one who has shaped, molded, and created Israel. And notice that God is specific about who he has formed and created. Of course, God has formed the great things of this universe, but God wants Israel to know personally that he is the one who formed them. And being that God has formed Israel, God has a special relationship with them. And this relationship is with great intentionality because the Lord chose them. As this prophet continues to speak, he tells Israel to not fear because the Lord has redeemed them. See, this is good news for Israel because if the Lord has redeemed them, 
It means that God wanted them to be his. But notice what's odd about the text, because the prophet tells Israel to not fear because the Lord has redeemed them. And this text causes one to ask, why in the world would Israel even need to fear the God who desires them? I submit that Israel had to fear God because it was the Lord who punished them because they did not walk according to his ways. It was the Lord who allowed Israel to be exiled and taken into Babylonian captivity. It was the Lord who was the cause of their pain. In other words, Israel had to fear God because God chose them, but Israel did not choose him. But the prophet tells them that they don't have to fear anymore. Because God has chosen them. In the Hebrew, the word for redeem is ga'el. Ga'el means to avenge. It means to buy back. In other words, God has claimed Israel. He took the claim away from Babylon and has given it back to himself. God is telling his people, you do not have to fear me because I have already taken you away from the people who never had a rightful claim on you in the first place. I brought you back unto myself because that's just the type of God that I am. And to push it further, God is telling Israel that he won't let them be in exile any longer. And the reason why God is not going to keep Israel in exile is because God has claimed them. Y'all got to get the point. God wanted Israel. God is doing this redeeming work because God wants Israel. God desires Israel to be with him and not in some faraway land. This is why the prophet declares in the first verse that God knows Israel's name and they belong to him. God wants his people to know that Babylon don't have any authority over them. When Babylon captured Israel, they knew that Israel belonged to them. But I submit that although Israel may be in Babylonian captivity right now, Babylon can't truly claim Israel. Because there is one who is higher than Babylon, who has claimed Israel from the beginning. The prophet says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And I submit that if there is one who you want to lay a claim on your life, it is God. If there is one who you want to truly have authority over your life, it is God. See, for God to look at you and to say, you are mine, it means that God in all of his wisdom and all of his knowledge and in all of his power has looked at you and purposely made the decision to choose you. God intentionally chose a messed up and disobedient Israel to be his. And because God chose them to be his children, he redeems them and ensures that nobody else has authority over them. And I submit that if God chooses a, if God chooses and accepts a messed up and disobedient Israel, then God will choose you in all your mess. God will choose you even in all your disobedience. During the 2014 NBA draft, a six-foot-eleven-inch center by the name of Nikolai Jokic was drafted by the Denver Nuggets. He was not a high draft pick. In fact, he was drafted as the 41st pick in the second round. See, in the NBA, there's only two rounds and it's 30 picks per round. Therefore, Nikolai Jokic was at the stage of the draft where many people started to think that these draft picks won't amount to anything. Needless to say, Jokic is now the NBA MVP. As the second round pick, he averaged 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists in the NBA this season. But notice that Jokic would not have become the NBA MVP had the Denver Nuggets not took a chance on him. If Denver did not say, we want you, Jokic would not have been where he is. 
But the Nuggets executive saw something in Jokic that was worth choosing. And just like the Nuggets executives, God looks at us and says, I want you. To my children in the church who may struggle with having friends, I want you to know that God looks at you and says, I want you. When somebody acts like they don't care about you, I want you to know that God looks at you and says, I want you. You are mine. Even when you mess up and decide to do some things that your parents may not agree with. I want you to know that God looks at you and says, you are mine. And we know that God wants us because he sent his one and only son on the cross to die for our sins, to redeem us and reconcile us back to him. Because God wanted us. The Bible says we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Am I in a house today? Is there anybody who knows that God wants you? Oh, come on, don't act so holy like we had it right all our lives. We all been messed up, but God still looked at us and said he want us. Love God chooses us because he wants us. Secondly, the text teaches us about God's protecting presence. In verse 2, the prophet says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers... They shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. See, in the text, God is making a profound promise to those Israelites who are dislocated throughout the land. God reassures them of his presence. As Israel will go on this journey to travel from the land of the Babylonians back to where God will have for them to be, the Lord says, I will be with you. And notice why the Lord's presence is important. Because as they travel back to their homeland, they will encounter trouble. Notice that at no point in this journey is it going to be a cakewalk. At no point of this journey is it going to be smooth sailing. But during this journey back to their land, God says you're going to encounter some dangers. But guess what? I'm going to be with you. But notice the type of threat that's described in the text. The people of Israel will encounter some of the most dangerous and destructive forces in this world. God first tells them that they will pass through the waters and through the rivers. See, this is important because the prophet is making a reference back to the Exodus event. In the book of Exodus, the Israelites had to pass through the Red Sea in order to escape Pharaoh. God worked powerfully so that they can cross and then commence on a journey towards the promised land. And throughout this text, God is telling them that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you again. During this time, see, bridges were not built. One could not just cross a bridge like how we do today with our cars. But in order to go over that water, Israel would have to do one or two things. See, one, they would have to walk all the way around and cross at a point where it's safely for them to cross. Or they would have to cross right there in the middle of danger. And I submit that traveling through the rushing waters are difficult and will surely lead to death. As the water rushes, it will take your feet off from under you. And when this happens, you can drown. But God has promised his presence to his people. Because God is present, Israel will be protected. And being that we have, being that they have God's protection, they can expect the Lord to move in another powerful way. Just as he moved for their ancestors back in Exodus. But notice that they're also going to go through the threat of fire. See, fire in this text is used both literally and metaphorically. 
Literally, the Israelites will be in the presence of fire somehow. Their captors would not let them go willingly and fire would be involved in order to destroy Israel or keep them from leaving. But symbolically, fire represents any dangerous threat that comes in Israel's way. But regardless of the various threats that could cause death, God's protection would not allow them to uh, be burnt up or to be destroyed by those forces because God is with his people. And I submit that from this text, we can recognize that wherever the Lord's presence is, his protection is there as well. Wherever the Lord's presence is, we can expect that God will be doing some protecting work. See, we serve a God who does not just sit on his throne and look at us and don't intercede in our lives. But we serve a God who gives his protection to us when we are in the midst of battle. Do anybody know anything about the Lord's protection over your life when you've been in the midst of battle? We serve a God who can literally be a shield around us in the midst of battle. And I submit that we need the Lord's protecting presence in today's time. See, we can't make it alone without the Lord's protecting presence. See, in a time where evil is not afraid to go into our schools and place our children in a harm's way, we need God's protecting presence. In a time where we can watch the evening news and see that another maniac has kidnapped a child, we need the Lord's protecting presence. And I submit that the Lord's protecting presence still is active and alive in today's time. Every time our children get off that school bus and walks in the door, the Lord has protected them. Every time they go outside and play with their friends but come back not having faced any danger, the Lord has protected them. I submit that we can't make it in this life without the Lord's protecting presence. I remember when I was a freshman in high school. I played basketball for the high school basketball team and for AAU. It was during one AAU tournament where things did not go as usual. I barely drank water that morning. I was tired and I was out of breath. I was struggling to play a full game. After I completed about three games, I went over to my mom, red face, out of breath, and we decided to go to the hospital. When we got there, they started running all types of tests on me. And minutes later, the nurse said that I was severely dehydrated and I needed some IV. Two hours passed by, the nurse checked my blood work again, my creatinine level, which is the thing that tells how hydrated your kidneys are. And she said that my kidneys had not returned to normal. Therefore, they omitted me to the hospital. All night, they had me on IV. I looked at my dad. He over there snoring on that couch. I looked to the left. I see more wires in the Monitors beeping. Fluids running all through in me. I woke up in the morning and the doctor said, Eric, I got some bad news for you. He said, all night you've been on IV and your kidneys have not returned to normal. And the fact that this is occurring means that your kidneys could be permanently damaged. And you would need a kidney transplant. Well, after that disturbing news, we all decided to pray. Because something threatening was happening. Four hours later, they wanted to check my kidneys again. They took me downstairs to run some more tests on me. And all of a sudden, the nurse said, your kidneys have returned to normal. <laughs> you will be able to go home today. And I submit that the reason why I was able to go home was because God's protection was on me. In the face of danger and adversity, God allowed his protection to be triumphant. Am I talking to anybody in here who has seen the Lord's protection in your life? 
Is there anybody here who can testify of God's protection through your sickness? God's protection through your illness. God's protection through that car accident. You should have been dead, but God still got you alive right now. You've been shot, but you should have been dead. God still got you alive. Is there anybody here who can testify as the Bible says, preserve me, oh God, for I put my trust in you. Yea, the all through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The Lord's protecting presence. Had it not been, we wouldn't be here today. Because it was God's protecting presence. Amen. God's protecting presence. So not only does the Bible tell us about a God who chooses us because he wants us. Not only does the Bible tell us about God's protecting presence, but thirdly and finally, the text teaches us about a God who acts for us because of how he feels for us. <laughs> see, in the text, we see in these verses three and four that God announces himself to be Lord. And as the Lord Yahweh, he is God over Israel and he belongs to Israel. Other nations have other gods. But God is saying, this nation right here by the name Israel, that's my people. And because they're my people, I belong to them as well. And because they belong to me, I'm their God. It is the Lord who delivers them from their various trials and tribulations. Why? Because he's their savior. But notice that God does not stop right there. God tells his people that he's doing a certain work for them. And when we follow the flow of the text, we can see that God's work is based on how he feels for his people. Notice that in the text, the Lord says that he'll ransom Egypt for Israel. And that the Lord will exchange Cush, which was located in modern-day Ethiopia, and Seba in exchange for them. See, in the text, God is making another reference back to the Exodus event. Because Egypt had oppressed God's people so bad, God moved mountains so that they could experience liberation. And we see that Ethiopia or Cush and Seba are thrown into the conversation. See, in the past, these nations were economically prosperous. They, they had many well-known jewels and a lot of money in their land. And I contend that the exchanging of nations is important because God sees his weak, beloved people in exile. And he's making the promise to deliver them because he knows that he's with them. God is showcasing just how far that he's willing to go for his people. These weak people. In the face of all these strong nations, God is saying, I'm going to be with those on the margins. Oh, y'all going to get that later. Those who are on the outside of society, those who are the downtrodden, I'm with them. And notice why God is willing to do this powerful work of delivering and, 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 and reversing in the exile. God says that they are precious in his sight, that they're honored, and that he loves them. See, in the text, the Hebrew word, young children, y'all got to learn other languages. Such as Spanish, learn language. I just want to stop right there and say that. In the text, the Hebrew word for precious is yokar. It means to be valuable and to be prized. And to be honored means to be great and rich. In other words, God is working to bring Israel from exile to the promised land because the Lord views this weak nation as valuable. The Lord views this weak nation as great and rich. And God loves Israel with the love that God can only give. 
See, my friends, we serve a God who has a heart that melts for his people. We serve a God whose heart overflows with love for his people. Even when we are like Israel and we are disobedient, God is willing to still do some work in your life because he loves you. Just as God promises to work in Israel's life while they're still in exile, God will work powerfully in our lives because we feels a certain way about us. You may have more month than money, but God is still working mightily in your life because he loves you. Because he thinks that you're precious and he thinks that you're honored. God continues to open doors for you because he loves you. And he thinks that you are precious. He thinks that you're honored and he loves you. God guides you through this difficult school year and another one that, that's about to come up soon because God thinks you're precious. God thinks you're honored and God loves you. God will make your enemies your footstool. I'm waiting for y'all to catch up because God thinks you are precious because God thinks you are honored and God loves you. God continues to make a way literally out of no way for y'all. Because God thinks that you are precious. God thinks you're honored. And God loves you. God got you in this place worshiping him on a Sunday morning. Because God thinks that you are precious. God thinks that you are honored. And God loves you. Scott, I'm done now. Let's go ahead and have some church. But is there anybody here who can thank God for being present in your life? Is there anybody here who can be happy that God is still working in your life? The songwriter says, God is the joy and the strength of my life. He removes all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me, yes he did, and never to leave me. He'll never fall short of his word. God is, God is, God is my all in all. The Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. The one thing that I've desired of the Lord, I said the one thing. The one thing that I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, I said in the time of trouble, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In the time of trouble, he still loves me. In the time of trouble, he still keeps me. That is why I shall trust in the Lord all the days of my life. That is why I shall love the Lord all the days of my life. That is why when I walk through the valley, God is with me because he loves me and he thinks that I'm precious and he thinks that I'm honored. Is there anybody in this place today who can be happy that God woke you up, that God kept you, that God kept you in your right mind? You should have been dead, but it was the Lord who protected you. You should have been sick, but it was God who kept you. Is there anybody who can be happy that the Lord is still present in your life? Love, God is present. He is near. Oh, he ain't never left us. He ain't never forsaken us. 
God is still with you. Children, I want y'all to know that as y'all go through these various valleys and dry seasons, God is still with you all. He chooses y'all. He chooses y'all. Because that's just the type of God that we serve. Oh, he's a gracious God. He is a gracious God. And we don't deserve all that God does. But God looks at us and says that I love you. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord some praise right now and let's thank God for Minister Eric Edwards. What a wonderful, wonderful word. How many of y'all were blessed by that word? How many of y'all needed that word? Amen, 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 amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Minister Eric Edwards, for a wonderful job. Well done. all the preachers that have been called under me, I am so godly proud of them. Every last one that has been called and licensed under me here at St. Paul has taken their calling seriously. They've gone to school or they're in school. Uh, and I'm just so godly, godly proud of them. Thank you. Um, before we open the doors of the church, I want you all to celebrate our young people. Or should I say our young grown people? Some of them we hadn't seen since COVID. I don't know what happened in those two years, but somebody was even giving y'all some steroids or something. Y'all, look, I almost didn't recognize y'all. Lord, most of them taller than me. Amen. Let's give God praise for our young people. Listen, we want to... We want to extend this opportunity to you to become a part of the church. God is with you because God loves you. God cares for you. God wants to be in relationship with you regardless of how crazy we have behaved. And so he comes after us and he did that in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. So right now, as we stand and we let this word marinate and germinate in our hearts, I want to offer to you, my brother, my sister, if you're here, uh, you heard that word, and that word has penetrated your heart to make a decision for either Christ or church. I want you to bow your heads for a moment, and I want you to just repeat this prayer of new life, prayer of salvation after me. God, I thank you for being there, even when I did not recognize you were there. I thank you for being present in my life even when I did not want you there but now I want you I want you to be the God of my life I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins I believe you raised him from the dead and I believe one day he's coming back but until then send your Holy Spirit to be the ever-present help that I need. Forgive me of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Give God praise. If you if you are in the sanctuary, if you're in the sanctuary, you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, you're sincere about that prayer and you want God to be the God of your life. Would you just hold up your hand wherever you may be? Would you hold up your hand wherever you may be? Would you hold up your hand wherever you may be? Listen, if you got your hand up um, and deacons, come on, get in the aisles. Y'all know y'all need to get in the aisles. If you got your hand up, uh, do me a favor. Would you come on down right now? I want you to understand this decision that God wants to make in your life. If you got your hand up, would you go ahead and come on down? God bless you. 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 Will there be another? 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 God bless you, my sister. If you had your hand up, I want you to come on down right now. I want you to move. I want you to move. I want you to move. If you had your hand up had your hand up listen if you're watching us on facebook or on the website i want you to do me a favor type in salvation in the chat one of our digital ministers will reach out to you let you know what the next steps are i saw uh uh, minister stevenson working uh our social media to make sure that everything was up to par so if you would type in salvation someone's going to reach out to you if you're watching us on youtube or or listen to us on the telephone Email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number so we can reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. We would love for you to be a part of our church family. Amen. I want you to do me another favor. If you're in the house right now and you're saying, listen, uh, pastor, I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. I've been baptized. But I don't have a church home. I've been bouncing around from church to church. I've been bouncing around from place to place. And the Lord led me here to St. Paul. And I've heard some great preaching. I've heard some wonderful singing. The people are very kind and gracious. And I want to be a part of this tribe. I want to be a part of the St. Paul church. We would love to have you. I would love to be your pastor. And these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We would love to make you part of our family. So if you're here, you don't have a church home. You haven't consistently been going to a church for the past few months or years, would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? If you don't have a church home, you haven't consistently been going to a church, would you hold up your hand? 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 You're looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Would you hold up your hand? 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 Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. 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 Let's give God praise. If you're watching us on Facebook or on our website and the Lord is moving you to join our church, I want you to just type in connect. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you. Or if you're watching us on YouTube or, on t- or listen to us on the phone, email us at connect at sbbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and a good contact number so we can reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Someone will get in touch with you by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can we give God praise for our sister that has come? God bless you. God bless you. Now, in the past, we would usually give handshakes and hugs, but because of COVID, we're going to do fist bump. All right. God bless you. Thank you for being led by the Lord. This is what we want you to do. These two lovely ladies over here, they're going to take you to a room. They're going to have a conversation with you, let you know what the next steps are. And then after that, 
We would love to have you to be a part of our church. We thank God for you coming down and taking this walk. And as you go out, we're going to celebrate you. So if you would, come on, St. Paul, let's celebrate. Oh, we can do a whole lot better than that. We can do a whole lot better than that. The Bible says, heaven rejoice over one. Amen, 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 amen. We're about to get, we're about to get out of here. We're about to get out of here. Uh, thank you, Dr. Redmond, for uh, leading us and handling the worship responsibilities. Uh, thank you, Minister Eric Edwards, for a powerful word. And, and, and to our young people, would you all stand up? Just stand up. Can we celebrate them and give God praise for them? You all, I was watching you all as I was coming in church. Amen. Amen. You all did a great job. Great job. Great job. Boy, y'all look so grown. I ain't ready for this, y'all. I'm not ready for this. Listen, we are about to get ready to get out of here. Minister Joshua Jordan is not here, but um, since Peyton um, resigned, uh, he has been kind of working with our young people, and uh, I want to thank him. He's uh, out of town on a job assignment right now, but I want to thank him for doing a wonderful job of coalescing our young people to lead us in worship. So, Joshua, thank you. Can we celebrate Minister Joshua Jordan? And do me one more favor. Give the Temptations and the Four Tops a round of applause. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But Dr. Redmond, if you would come and uh, close us out as far as uh, a benediction is concerned, and then uh, we will call it a day. God bless you. Amen, amen. Let us look to the Lord for dismissal. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and dominion, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise as we are dismissed today. I just want to reiterate what Dr. Redmond said as far as uh, the funeral service for Elther Baldwin. I'm going to just reiterate that one more time. Miller's Chapel, Amy Zion Church, 256 Miller's Chapel Road, and we'll put this on the website, Goldsboro, North Carolina. Quiet hours from 1 to 2 o'clock p.m., and the funeral is at 2 on Thursday. So we want to continue to lift up uh, Brother Elson Baldwin in our prayers uh, and give him the support that he needs at this time. God bless you all. You all be safe. Have a great week. God loves you, and so do I. Be strong in the Lord.